if we have a Bible, let's remain standing for the reading of the word of the Lord. Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4, and we're going to begin at verse 17. Ephesians chapter 4, beginning at verse 17. This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord, that ye henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their mind, having the understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God, through the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their heart, who being past feeling have given themselves over unto lasciviousness to work all uncleanness with greediness. But ye have not so learned Christ, if so be that ye have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus that ye put off concerning the former conversation, the old man which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust. And by the help of the Holy Ghost tonight, I want to minister on this simple thought, getting rid of the old man, getting rid of the old man. Let's put down our Bibles. Let's lift up our hands. Let's lift up our voices. Let's ask the Lord to be in this place. Dear Father, we love you, Jesus. Thank you, dear God, for your love and your kindness. Thank you for your goodness. Lord, we thank you, dear God, for the power of your word, dear Lord Jesus. I pray, oh Lord, that you would come in this house, Lord, like a rushing mighty wind, dear Lord, that you would wash over our hearts. Oh God, that you would shape us, that you would mold us. Lord, that you would make us new again. Dear Lord, that you would renew our minds, oh great God. Pour out a fresh touch of the Holy Ghost, dear Lord, in this house. Lord, we need you, dear God. We can do nothing on our own, dear Lord. Without you, Lord, we will self-destruct, dear God. Oh Lord, but we need your power and we need your goodness. Oh Lord, to make it through another day, dear God. We give you all of the honor. We give you all of the praise. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. And everybody say amen. Praise the Lord. You can be seated tonight in the house of the Lord. Getting rid of the old man. You know, before I became acquainted with the word of God, you know what, let me rephrase that. Before I actually started reading the word of God, because I became acquainted with the truth of God's word um, at a very young age, um, but somehow did not take it seriously. And there were other things that my mind, that my heart was fixed on, and that caused me not to open up the word of God and begin to 
read God's word and understand what God was trying to do in my life. At a young age, God was trying to do something in my life. And I missed it because of things, listen, things that I realized today was no good. You don't recognize it when you're a young person or when you're a young adult that there is nothing good in this world. I don't care how appealing it looks. I don't care how enticing it is. I don't care. You know, the old saying is, curiosity is what killed the cat. And I'm going to tell you something. That is very well the truth. Because you can be curious about all of the wrong things, and it will lead you down into a ditch. Or it will lead you down the path of destruction. And there's something to be said about young people, that they are very curious and that they want to know certain things. And there are things that they will begin to try to figure out and begin to look into. But I'm going to tell you something, and it's not good, amen, if it's not of God. I'm going to tell you something, if you want to be curious about something, be curious about what God's plan for your life is. Show some interest in what God has in store for you and how God would have for you to live and talk and walk throughout this life. There is a way that God wants us to walk. and There is a life that God wants us to live and that it is a good life. I'm going to make it very clear tonight that people don't get it twisted in their hearts and their minds. Listen, don't shoot the messenger, amen? All I am is a messenger tonight, amen? Make no mistake about it. Whether I hear it or not, God's word is true. And it is God that is trying to lead us down a certain path. And people get it twisted in their hearts and in their minds so many times. It's that preacher that wants me to live that way. It's that church that wants me to live that way and wants me to dress that way. Well, I can't do it because the church says so. See, you ain't been reading, amen? And you ain't got a hold of this word. And you haven't allowed this word to get a hold of you. It ain't the church that don't want you to do it. It's God that don't want you to do it, amen? And the church is nothing more than a mouthpiece that is standing up in a wicked and perverted world and that is declaring the truth of God's word. Understand who it is that is instructing me. Understand who it is that wants me to live this certain way. It's God that wants me to live this way. It's God that wants me to turn my back on the world. It's God that wants me to cut ties with ungodliness and unrighteousness. It's God that wants me to pray, amen. It's God that wants me to read his word and become acquainted with his word. Can I tell you tonight, I want to see it clearly, amen. And I want to see that there is a God, amen, that loves me and that wants to be in fellowship with me more than I could possibly imagine a no good joker like me amen the God that rules the heavens and 
and the earth, amen, wants to know me, wants to talk with me, wants to be in fellowship with me, and I don't know about anybody else, but that's more than enough for me to turn my back on this world and say, God, if you love me that way, then in return, I'm going to be committed to you the very same way. I'm going to grab a hold of your word. I'm going to get my hands in the air. I'm going to lift up my voice, and I'm going to declare there is nobody like Jesus, amen. I know I'm getting started real early, amen, but I came to kick the devil square off in his mouth tonight and let the devil know we still believe in holiness. We still believe in righteousness. We still believe in separation from the world. I'm not mad because I can't do some things. I'm lifting up my hands and lifting up my voice and saying, thank you, Jesus, for delivering me from that destruction and from that hell hole. Thank you, Lord. Because if I don't see it clearly, man, living for God is so boring. Living for God is a drag. I can't do nothing. God is destroying my life. I got news for you. You can do whatever you want to, amen? But guess what? I don't do some certain things because I love God that much. Amen? Let me say that again. There is a reason why I don't look at certain things. There is a reason why I don't listen to certain things. There is a reason why I won't spend my time and spend my money on certain things. Because I know where my help comes from. And I know that's not what God wants me wasting his stuff on. I know that's not what God wants me wasting my time on. And because I love God that much, I say, you know what? I'll die to my my flesh, I'll crucify this flesh if it's going to be pleasing to the almighty God. I love God that much. You can do whatever you want to. I can do whatever I want to. I choose not to. I love God that much because I know what the alternative is. The alternative is hell. Listen, and I refuse. Listen, I refuse to live in hell down here in the burn in eternal flames. And people are choosing death here, and the truth is they're going to die the second death because if they don't get their hearts right and don't see this thing clearly, amen, that this book is life. Life is found in this book. That there is nothing bad about living for God. There is nothing hard about living for God. When you recognize that God loves you and you fall in love with the Lord, you fall in love with prayer, you fall in love with the reading of the word of the Lord, you fall in love with the house of the Lord, you recognize that on a Sunday night this is the best place that I can be, amen? This is the best thing going on in town, amen? This is the best thing going on in the world tonight, amen. Can I tell you God's eye is on us? I promise you God's eye is not on the quarterback throwing a football tonight, amen. I promise you God's eye is not on the basketball player putting the ball through the goal, through the hoop tonight, amen. God's eye is on his people all over the world that has their hands lifted and has their voices raised that has a made up mind. It don't matter what the world thinks about me. It doesn't matter what the world calls me. 
I will die with a praise on my lips. I will die with my hands lifted up in the air declaring that God is great and that God is greater to be praised. Can I tell you that's enough for me to shout about? That's enough for me to get on my feet about? That's enough for me to do a dance about? And let it be known that God is worthy of all of the honor and all of the praise. There is nobody that can compare to God. And the Apostle Paul begins to talk to the church in Ephesus. And in verse 17, he begins to tell them, begins to let them know that there is a certain way that they ought to walk. Then there is a way that they ought not to walk. And that they are not to walk as the Gentiles walk in the vanity of their mind. That I'm going to tell you tonight, there are people that are walking a certain way in this life. They're living a certain way. And that it has nothing to do according to God's word. That it is completely, it is completely contrary to the word of God. That everything that God's word says not to do, they do. That everything that God's word says is wrong, they say it's right. Everything that God's word says is down, they say it's up. If God's word says it's right, go right, they say go left. They are completely wrong. And they are walking, amen, according to the vanity of their minds. Minds that are empty, amen, that they are dwelling on things that don't matter, they are driven by things that are worthless, that it has no kind of eternal value at all. Can I tell you tonight, I have to have a made up mind that I'm done wasting my time on things that have no eternal value. That it will not bring me any closer to God. It's not going to benefit me in any kind of way. Some people say, well, you know what? It's not a sin. There ain't no problem with it. I'm going to tell you what Paul said. All things are lawful, amen, but all things are not expedient. I got to understand in these days and times that we are living in that Jesus Christ is coming back back and he's coming back soon friend can I tell you it's not a matter of whether it's a sin or not it's a matter of whether it is profitable for me spiritually amen and if it ain't gonna make me pray any harder I don't want to spend my time on it if it's not gonna draw me any closer to God I must say goodbye to it amen I gotta be alert amen I gotta know that Jesus is on his way back and this ain't the time to become relax. This ain't the time to take some time off. This ain't the time to be at ease in Zion. If there's ever time to get my hands in the air and lift up my voice and have a made up mind, I'm going to pray no matter who prays. It don't matter if people on the job are praying, I'm going to pray. It don't matter if people in the schools are praying, I'm going to pray. It doesn't matter if people in the neighborhood believe that I'm crazy or that I'm weird. I'm going to still pray. I'm going to still get to the house of the Lord as much as I possibly can. Anybody feel the same way that I feel tonight? It don't matter what the world says. We're not walking according to the world's ideas and according to their opinions tonight. We are walking according to the word of the 
Lord and how God would want for us to live. That's how we're walking. Because Paul says they are walking according to their vain minds. Minds that are fixed on things that are of no kind of value. It will not accomplish and it will amount not anything in the kingdom of God. That it's not going to save. It's not going to deliver. It's not going to bring them any closer to God. That there are people that are doing things tonight because it feels good. What's the old saying? If it feels good, then do it. Well, I'm going to tell you something, friend. Everything that feels good to your flesh, or I'm going to say it like this. Everything that feels good to your flesh, the chances are it's going to lead you to hell. Amen. But I'm going to tell you tonight, it's not about feeling good in this flesh. You hear me? It's about putting off of this filthy and dirty flesh. Amen. And having a made up mind. I want God to fill my spirit. I want the Holy Ghost tonight. Amen. I want God to come in like a rushing mountain wind and deliver me from this carnality. Deliver me from this way of thinking. Deliver me from these perverted thoughts that are somehow coming in my mind. And I don't know where they're coming from. I need to learn how to pray and get back on my face and call upon the name of the Lord and start rebuking the devil in Jesus' name. I don't allow the devil to hang around a long too long, amen. It's time to get back on my knees. It's time to call on the Lord. It's time to get anointed in Jesus' name. It's time to get back to where I belong. Hey, it's time to get back to the basics, amen. It's time to get back to the basics. I know everybody's got a new way of doing things. I know we got a new, we're living in a modern world, amen, and technology is off the charts. But can I remind you, prayer still works, amen. Can I remind you, Bible studies still work, friend. Can I remind you, praise and worship will put the devil on the run like never before. Can I remind you that we have a name that is greater than any other name, that at the name of Jesus, Jesus, every knee is going to bow and every tongue is going to confess. You ought to call on that name on a Sunday night until the devil backs up off of you, until you put him on the rod, friend. It still works. The word of God still works. Prayer still works. Why don't we say we get back to praying, amen? Why don't we say we get back to reading the word of the Lord? Why don't we say get back to taking delight in being in the house of the Lord? Let's get back to what we know what works. We know these things work. God's word will never fail us. Prayer will never fail us. Never. And so he said, listen, we're not walking according to how the world is walking, friend. They are changing things. Things that feel, if it feels good to you, then do it. If it feels right, if you think it's right, then do it. Then say it. They got this, they got this, um, you know, this, this, this saying that you got to speak your truth. Well, I'm going to tell you something tonight, amen. If it ain't lining up to this here, your truth is a lie, friend. Let me say that again. 
if it don't line up with this, your truth is a lie, friend. Can I remind you that the word of God is right through and through? And it don't matter what you convince yourself to be right and convince yourself to be true. If it's contrary to this, it is a lie. It is wrong all day long. I don't care how many laws you pass. It will never be right in the eyes of the almighty God. It will never be right. And everybody's walking according to their vain minds. But not the church tonight. Not the church tonight. Verse 18, he says, Having the understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their hearts. And so they are alienated from this. They are alienated from God in the life, amen, of God. And it's through the ignorance that is in them. I'm going to tell you something tonight. People choose to be ignorant concerning God's word. They choose it as if, if I don't know, then I can't be held accountable. Friend, that's a lie. That's a lie. Because I'm going to tell you tonight, some people say, well, what if people are somewhere on this, this, this land or this country or this, this place where there is no mention of God? And how can they possibly know? How can they possibly be held accountable? And they've never heard of God. Friend, I'm going to tell you something. Everything in our world shouts that there is a God. Amen. I'm going to tell you when the sun rises, it shouts that there's a God. Amen. When the sun goes down, it shouts uh, that there is a God, friend. When the grass grows up, friend, it shouts that there is a God. When the tree is planted, and after a amount of time, that tree grows up uh, to be this humongous uh, trunk of this humongous thing, it shouts that there is a God, friend. I want you to know that there is everything that is in our world. Testify that there is a God uh, and that he is alive. When and the stars are shining at night, friend. They're shining so bright, and they are declaring that there is a God that reigns in the heavens. Come on, somebody tonight. There is no reason for me to be ignorant when it's concerning this God. God has done everything that he possibly can to make himself known unto me. I gotta let down my beliefs and my thoughts and have a made up I'm going to get to know this God. I'm going to let this God begin to instruct me. I'm going to begin to let this God teach me and show me his ways. Man chooses to be ignorant when it's concerning God. You read in the book of Hosea, the favorite or famous passage of scripture, that the Lord begins to declare that the people are destroyed because of the lack of knowledge. Now some say, well, see, there you go. They don't have knowledge of God. It's not their fault. Remember what people he's talking about. <laughs> Remember people that knew God, amen. He made himself known to them. And that the Bible says it's not that 
They don't have a whole of the word of God. They don't have access to the word of God. He says but because they have rejected knowledge. They've rejected it. And because of it, they are being destroyed. They are suffering for it. And I'm going to tell you tonight, amen, people are suffering, amen. People are losing out with God because they choose to be ignorant when it's concerning the word of God. I'm talking about Bibles that sits on kitchen tables and collects dust. Bible that sits on dressers in people's bedrooms and collects dust. Can I tell you, the Bible is not, for an, is not an ornament, amen? The Bible is meant for me to read, amen? And I'm going to tell you, there is no excuse. I ought to be ashamed of myself, amen? Going back to this technology that we have that is off the charts, you hear me? People got Bibles on their phones, and they still find it hard to be faithful in reading the word of the Lord. Can I tell you enough of the shenanigans? I got to get back, amen, to what I know I should be doing and what I know I should be spending my time on, amen. I have no excuse not to read the Bible, amen. I have no excuse not to know this God and not to know his ways and not to know his plan for my life. People choose not to want to know what God has to say and I'm going to tell you they will stand before God but as for me I got a made up mind I want to know everything about this God I want to know how he thinks amen I want to know what his will for my life is I want to know what he wants me to be a part of and what he doesn't want me to be a part of I want to know what he thinks about the job that he wants me to have not the job that I want for myself the job that he has for me. I want to know him. I want to know what he thinks. I want to care. Do you care about what God wants for you? Do you care about where God would have for you to dwell? Do I care? I got to ask myself that tonight. Oftentimes, I got to ask myself, do you still care about what God has for you? What God wants you to do? Or has what I want for myself and what I think I should have outweighs what God wants for me? I want what God has for me. I want to know him. And he said, listen, their understanding was darkened. Being alienated. Friend, I think that's the worst thing, to be alienated from God. Not to be in the same vicinity of this God. Not to be able to feel his touch. and Not to be able to hear his voice. That's why I say I'm so glad to be a part of the church tonight. Amen? Because I know what my life was like when I didn't have God. Amen? And had no hope in this world. I know what my life was. I know how miserable it was. I know how dark it was. I know the pain in the agony, friend. And so that's why I have a made up mind. I don't want to go back. Huh? I don't want to go back to that trash. I know what God delivered me from. Matter of fact, I know what that trash did to me. Amen. I know what it caused in my life. It brought nothing but good. It brought nothing but heartache and pain. And I don't want to go back to that. Anybody want to go back to the filth? Anybody want to go 
back to the vomit, amen. I'm not interested in going back to the vomit. God delivered me, God saved me, and I want to remain saved. And so they are alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart. Who been past feeling? Let's stop. Because I'm going to tell you something. Sin. And people think that sin is a game. And they think that it's so appealing. I'm going to tell you what sin will do to you. I'm going to tell you what sin will do to your heart. I'm going to tell you about the effect that it will have on your heart. As you continue to look at all of the wrong things. And you continue to listen to all of the wrong things. I'm going to tell you the effect that it will have on your heart. As you continue to hang around all of the wrong people. And their opinions. Don't you dare say that what people say around you don't have an impact on you. Don't you dare say what you see when you're in their presence don't have an effect on you. Oh, well, that's them. That ain't me. Stop lying to yourself. It has an effect on you. The Bible says that Lot dwelling in Sodom and Gomorrah. The Bible says his righteous soul was vexed day and night. By what he saw and by what he heard. Don't tell me. I ain't doing it so it ain't impacting me. You're lying. You know it's impacting you. You know you're going home and you're thinking about it. You're dwelling on it. It's all in your heart because you think that it it ain't going to, well, I can control it. It ain't going to affect me. I ain't doing it. I'm just around it. Let me tell you something. You're around it long enough. It won't be that long before you're doing it. Sin has an evil effect. And the more you look at it, and the more you listen to it, and the more you're around it, hear me, the harder it is for God to get through to you. He talked about the fact that they were out without feeling, past feeling. That means you can't feel anymore. You can't feel the impact that the word of God should have on your life. You're past that. You're gone so far that God's word being preached and declared, it just flies over your head. It just goes in one ear and out the other. Hearing about hell, don't, 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 it don't draw me to the altar to cause me to repent about some things. It has no effect on me any longer because I've dwelt around sin for so long and I've heard it for so long. And I've looked at it for so long that I'm past feeling. God cannot get a hold of me. I'm like that ground, amen, that the Bible says that the word fell to the wayside. That God is trying to sow that word into my heart. And because my heart is so hardened because of sin, that word cannot penetrate that hard heart of mine. 
It cannot get a hold of me. It cannot grip my heart to draw me to an altar and draw me to repentance to get my life right and get my heart right before I exit this life and end up in eternal flames. Friend, I'm going to tell you tonight, sin is nothing to be playing around with. Amen. It's nothing to be playing. Hollywood ain't nothing to be played around with. Pornography ain't nothing to be played around with. I got to have a made up mind tonight. I don't want to be a part of that trash. I don't want to look at that trash. I don't want to listen to that trash. And while I got the opportunity, I want to find an altar and lift up my hands and lift up my voice and say God work on this heart of mine Lord I need you before you come back I need the Holy Ghost I need you to work on my heart I don't want to be hard hearted God I want to feel you reaching for me I want to hear you speaking to me I want to feel you tugging at my heart Lord they were past feeling this all right tonight Who been past feeling, having given themselves, you know why there was past feelings? They gave themselves over to all the wrong things. Filthy things, perverted things, over unto lasciviousness, to work all uncleanness with greediness. Do you know that there are some things that the Bible don't say wrong? Some people say, well, you know what? The Bible didn't say that was wrong. The Bible said, you know, fornication and adultery was wrong. No. But there are other things that people say, well, you ain't doing the act, so that's all right. I'm going to tell you, you will go to hell over it. And that's the, mo- that's, that's the best way I can put it. But I think somebody know that you know what I'm talking about tonight. Well, you ain't doing the very act. So that's all right. You better find an altar. You better get your heart right. And whoever you're listening to, you better tell them goodbye. Because you mean me no good. Because that's a lie. And everything else, it falls under the category of things that are such like in lasciviousness and uncleanness. Because if you're doing it and if you're thinking about it, you got an unclean heart. This all right tonight? It's okay if I say this? Ain't nobody mad but the devil. That's it. We ain't heard that in a while. We need to start saying that, amen? Because that's the only person that's mad about what I'm saying tonight. Because he don't want you to know that. He don't want you to hear that. You may not do the very act, but anything close to it is still wrong. And it's still iniquity. It is still sin. It is still uncleanness, lasciviousness, you name it. And make no mistake about it. If it goes unrepented, I'm not getting away with it. So while I have the chance, I better get to an altar. I better find a place to pray. And I better fall on my face. And I better ask for God's mercy and God's grace. And ask for God's help. Here's something to seek after the Holy Ghost. And stay full of it. I need the Holy Ghost. And so he says this is the reason that they are without feeling. Because they've given themselves over unto lasciviousness. 
to work all uncleanliness, uncleanness with greediness. He says, listen, but ye have not so learned Christ. This is not what was taught to you. This is not what you learned. He said, listen, if so be that ye have heard him, anybody's heard him, and have been taught by him, has he taught you some stuff? As the truth is in Jesus. How many know that the truth is in Jesus tonight? Amen. Anybody can testify that I've heard his voice too many times. Amen. To doubt whether he's real or not. Amen. I've heard his voice and he has taught me some things. Amen. He has shown me the right path to take. Amen. He's led me down the path that leads to everlasting life. And I've come to declare that all truth is in Jesus. Amen. Matter of fact, he don't just have truth. He is truth. Amen. He said, I am the way. I am the truth. And I am the life. Can I tell you tonight? I got to remember what I've been learned, what I've learned and what I've been taught. Amen. And I got to hold a hold, a hold of those things and have a made up mind. There ain't nothing that is going to pry them out of my hands. There is no one that is going to cause me to let go of what I have received from Jesus. I received some good things tonight. Amen. And I got a made up mind. I'm going to hold on to them. Going to hold on to them. He says in verse 22 that ye put off concerning the former conversation. That's lifestyle. The old man which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust. And I'm going to tell you tonight if there's something that I got to keep buried I got to keep this old nature buried. I got to keep it crucified. I'm going to tell you something. Each and every morning that we awake is an opportunity that the flesh wants to rise up. The flesh wants to rise up and the flesh wants to gain control. The, ch- the, the flesh wants to be in control. The flesh wants to lead the charge. But every morning, I got to crucify that flesh. And I got to deny this flesh of mine. I'm going to tell you something. I have a problem with some people, amen, in the gospel that they preach these days. Because the gospel they preach these days have no cross attached to it, amen. They have removed the cross, amen. And that cross has everything to do with dying. That cross has everything to do with denying yourself. People are preaching a cross, a a gospel these days that have no cross. Amen. There is no dying to the flesh. There is no denying your will that you may do the will of your heavenly father. I'm going to tell you tonight, that gospel ain't going to save nobody. Amen. Because you cannot be saved walking in the flesh. You cannot be saved. You cannot do the will of God living according to your lustful flesh. If I'm going to be a disciple of Jesus Christ, I got to learn how to deny myself. And I got to learn how to take up my cross. It hurts to die. Amen. It hurts to deny yourself. But if I'm going to gain Jesus 
if I'm going to gain eternal life, it is a must. I must get up every morning and I must drive a stake through this carnal flesh of mine. I must put it on the altar every day and have a made up mind. Not my will, Lord, but thy will be done. Not what I want to do. Not what I want to get involved in. Not who I want to hang around with. But God, what you want me to be a part of. Anybody want his will tonight? Anybody got a made up mind? I will put off this filthy flesh of mine. <coughs> I will put off this flesh of mine. The problem with old Esau is that old Esau, his flesh had too strong of a hold on him. And it's very simple. It's very simple tonight. And it took me a while to learn this. It took me a while to learn it. What you feed the most is what's going to be strong. What you feed the most is what's going to be strong. Because there are two sides to me. There's a side to me that actually loves the word of God. It loves it. It loves the house of the Lord. It loves what we feel when we begin to call on God. And you feel the anointing. You feel that unction from above. You feel God's presence enter into the room. And you can just stay there forever. So there's a side to us that loves the things of God. But there is a side to us that loves that which is contrary to the word of God. And the one that I feed the most is what's going to be in control. And that Esau's flesh was in control. And that it didn't matter. Listen, it didn't matter. The birthright didn't matter anything to him. Now, if Esau would have died, the birthright, would have put him in the category with Abraham and Isaac and all of those promises and blessings that God made with them. But because he was in his flesh, he was blinded to all of that. It blinded him. And the Bible says that he walked in in Jacob. I say it like this. Somebody hear me tonight. Listen. What you think is no value, somebody is just waiting in the corner, just waiting for you to drop it so that they can pick it up because they see the value in it. And what I say is you don't find no value in it and you don't think it's worth nothing, keep on taking it for granted. And God will find somebody that will rejoice over it and that will shout over it. And you will lose your place because God sees you don't take, you're taking it for granted. You don't think there's nothing worth it. You think there's no worth in it. Can I tell you tonight, I want to know that there's worth in the things of God tonight. Amen. 
I want to know that there's worth in the house of the Lord. Amen. No matter how many people look at us strange. Y'all back in church again tonight? Yep, we sure are. And Lord willing, when Tuesday rolls around, we're going to be right back in the house of the Lord. Well, don't you know it's raining? What that got to do with my God? Amen. I'm getting to the house of the Lord as much as I possibly can. I'm not looking for an excuse not to come to the house. I'm looking for a reason to get back to the house. Friend, I'm trying to add on more church. I'm not trying to subtract. Trying to add more. I need more God. But that's what happens when you don't find no value in the things of God. Man, y'all, don't y'all know the game on tonight? Friend, I done bowed down to the altar of sports long enough. And it didn't do me no good. I got a made up mind. In this point in my life, the only body, I'm, only person I'm bowing my knees down to is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. So, yes, it don't matter who wins tonight. Amen. Listen, friend, Jesus, somebody's going to go home a loser tonight. Can I tell you, Jesus has never lost a battle? You know what? I'd roll with the one, amen, that is undefeated. I choose to roll with the one that ain't never lost a battle. He ain't never lost a, he ain't never lost a fight. He ain't never came up short in any category. He's undefeated. And he saw, said, listen. Jacob was in there preparing some lentil soup. And Esau walked in, famished, having worked a long day. He said, listen, that soup sure enough smells good. How about you give it to me? Jacob said, sure. But you know, ain't nothing for free. Ain't nothing for free, friend. You're going to give up something. You're going to lose ground somewhere. You're going to give up something. You're going to forfeit something. And my God, the amount of people that done forfeited this truth, amen, for temporary satisfaction. To lay up next to a warm body for a couple of minutes. Man, don't God, hasn't God been good to you in what he's done to you? Isn't he worth more than that? Some five minutes? Come on, friend. That don't... I ain't being too real tonight, am I? Friend, it's not worth it. I want you to know, young person, it's not worth it, amen. There is great value in this tonight, amen. You got to have a made-up mind. I'm not selling out. I don't care how much money it is. I don't care how broad his shoulders is. That ain't nothing but a broad-shoulder devil, amen, that is trying to take you out of the real of God. And Esau, for the moment, temporary satisfaction, he forfeited that which had eternal value. Listen, for a bowl of soup, a bowl of soup, that's all it was. He forfeited that which had eternal value for a bowl of soup. And he came back. The time will always come back when you'll realize what you thought you was getting. What you thought you was getting wasn't all that. And you'll realize that I lost so much 
over something that I thought was going to make me happy. And I thought was going to satisfy me. I hope somebody hearing me tonight. Judas thought money was what he needed. And sold Jesus out for 30 pieces. Which ain't nothing but a couple of dollars. Sold him out for it. Betrayed him with a kiss. And it wasn't that long before he realized, I done sold out the king of kings, the Lord of lords. And the Bible says that he started feeling sorry. Too late now. Too late now. The deed's done. And he comes and he realizes what has been done and what they're going to do to Jesus. And he takes that money that he wanted so bad, or he thought he did, that it was worth him letting go of the one or forfeiting the one that he saw. Listen, open up blind eyes, heal lame legs. How about this one? How about this one? Because there have been people that God has empowered God has laid his hands on them and they've done wonderful things marvelous things for God and they walked away and turned their backs on him do you know that Jesus when he gave power to the disciples that power that he talked about he gave them power and they went out and witnessed and realized and came back rejoicing that even the devils are subject to us do you know that Jesus that Judas was one of those disciples I'm talking about being moved. I'm talking about being anointed by God only to sell him out for money. And he realized it wasn't all that he thought it was. And he came back and he said, I I don't want this. And they said, what what has it got to do with us? This This is blood money. We can't do nothing with this. The deed is done. You can't get back what you've sold out. You can't get back to that place. The Bible says he went and he hung himself. Let me tell you, the devil will always take you farther than you intended to go. He'll take you farther than you intended to go. and He'll keep you longer than you intended to stay. You think you got control over it. I can handle it. I got it under control. And you'll find out. You ain't got nothing under control when an unclean spirit gets involved. Nothing at all. Nothing. I'm telling you, I got to get a hold of this flesh. And I got to have a made up mind. The flesh is not going to rob me of this truth. Flesh is not going to rob me of my walk with God. I got a made up mind. I'm putting off this flesh. Amen. I'm getting rid of it. Amen. I'm crucifying it tonight. Amen. Before I walk out of these doors tonight, I want to know that I got the flesh underneath my feet. Amen. Not another day, not another moment, not another night. Amen. Is the flesh going to rob me of my walk with God? It's not going to rob me of my joy. It's not going to rob me of my peace. I got a made up mind. I want everything that God has for me. Amen. I'm not letting go of this for nothing or for no one. You hear I'm not letting go of my my power that God has filled me with. I'm not letting go of this walk. I'm not letting go of the word of God. Let us stand tonight.
Sin is nothing to play around with. It's nothing to play around with. Some will say, well, when, well, you know, you know, God, God can't really hold me accountable to that. I'm going to tell you when God can. I'm going to help you out. I'm going to just clear it up for everybody. I'm going to let you know when you will be held accountable for wrong. You will be held accountable when you know right from wrong. When you know that it is wrong, it has been declared that it is wrong. I know it's wrong. Listen, I don't fail the paddle and I don't felt the consequences of my actions. I don't felt, listen, that belt being put to my backside. I don't felt, I don't suffered the consequences for the act. It has awakened my senses to help me to know this is not right. This is wrong. And I continue to do it. I will be held accountable because I know right from wrong. My senses have been awakened to what right and wrong is. Adam and Eve, God brought down the gavel. And that day, they knew what we did was wrong. We were disobedient to God. We were disobedient to the word of God. They figured out that day that it wasn't right. I'm telling you, when I know when it's not right, and I continue to do so. And I can be held accountable. But friend, I want to know tonight, amen, that I want to crucify this flesh. I don't want this flesh to lead me astray. I don't want it to lead me down the wrong path. I don't want the flesh to cause me to believe that I'm getting away with something. Listen, I don't want to get away with nothing. I want to be forthright. Help me, God, to be honest. Help me to be true. Help me to really be what you've called me to be. Help me to walk according to your word. Help me. We need his help tonight. We are in a fight for our lives tonight. And we need his help. That's why, friend, I can't get caught up in a carnal fight. Man, the fight that we're in is spiritual. And it's going to determine where our souls are going to end for eternity. I can't get caught up in fighting a carnal fight. That my time is valuable. What I do for the Lord is valuable. What I spend my time on is valuable. And I can't get caught up in a carnal fight down here. I got to keep my eyes on eternity. Got to keep my mind on God. Got to keep this flesh crucified. I got to recognize this world is going to be gone in its disagreements and everybody and all of the wrong. It's going to be gone before you know it. And nobody will remember it. But only what I've done for the Lord will determine whether, where I end up for eternity. Help me to focus on that. Help me to keep my eyes on that. I said it this morning. I think it's worth being repeated. Understand, God is in control of everything. God is in control of every affair. There is not nothing that God is not controlling of and that God doesn't have his hand in. God is in control of everything. And God rules. God rules. 
in the kingdom of men. God sets up one. God takes down another. God will have the final say. And I've learned to understand that God is in control. So I don't have to get all caught up. And I don't have to get all bent out of shape. God's in control, friend. And if God says so, then that's what it'll be. And I can trust in God, amen? And I can trust in his plan. Because listen, we all know he's got a plan, friend. And this world is coming to an end. And Jesus is on his way back. And I want my eyes to be fixed on him tonight. Let's lift up our hands and let's lift up our voices just for a couple of minutes. And let's ask the Lord tonight to strengthen us, to encourage our hearts, to help us, Lord. Help us, Lord, to rid, rid us of ourselves, oh God. Rid us of our own ways, dear God. And our ways of seeing things. And our ways of thinking, dear God. Help us, Lord God, to crucify this flesh, Jesus. Dear God, help us, Lord, to humble ourselves. We want to hear your voice, dear God. We want to feel your touch, dear God. We don't want to.